Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's Football Show with Baker Others. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that on TalkSport 2. Happy New Week, you lovely lot. New season, new show, bigger and better than ever before. Loads of exclusive women's football content for you to get stuck into. Don't forget, you can also listen back to the full women's football show via the TalkSport app. This week, we were on on Monday at 7pm, so just swipe right for TalkSport 2. Find Monday and you can listen in full then. TalkSport's women's football podcast will be here every week, rounding up the best from the show. So the WSL is back and what an opening day that was as well. We saw some perfect debuts, some dramatic red cards and that shock Arsenal-Liverpool result as well. I caught up with Jenna Scalacci, former Tottenham captain, to break down all the action from the six opening games. So the opening day of the WSL saw the defending champions Chelsea in action against Tottenham in the final game of the day. Chelsea were without their star striker Sam Kerr as she continues recovering from that calf injury that interrupted her World Cup. Tottenham also without reliable goalscorer Bethany England as she recovers from hip surgery. So how did this one go? TalkSport's Charlotte Richardson was watching. Yeah, it finishes Chelsea 2, Spurs 1. The WSL champions get off to a winning start. It wasn't pretty. In fact, it had to be gritty as Spurs are left to ruin missed chances. Lifelong Blues fan Mia Fischel scored on her debut, breaking the deadlock with a well-taken header. After the break, Lauren James doubled the host advantage, a neat composed finish to open her account for the season. Spurs are much improved for the relegation-threatened outfit I watched last season. They grafted for a way back into the game. Martha Thomas tapping in a rebound to score on her first start as a Lily White. Chelsea then made changes, their strength and depth from the bench, seeing off a difficult challenge and starting their title defence with three points. It finishes here at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea 2, Tottenham Hotspur 1. I love that. Wasn't pretty. Had to be gritty. That was good. I, I know. I think Charlotte <laughs> needs to trademark that one. Uh, Chelsea had no Sam Kerr, but they certainly had no problems finding goal scorers. New signing Mia Fischel had that dream debut as a Chelsea fan, didn't she? Scoring the opener. How much of an asset is she to an already talent stacked side? I think she's going to be massive um, because what it does is what we saw yesterday when Sam Kerr can't play. They've got that backup now. They've got that presence up top. Sam Kerr had to play a lot of lot of minutes last 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 season so I think it just adds that depth in that position but yeah a really bright young talent physical player she's got pace 1v1 dominant and she's 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 been playing in the Mexican league so she's got that grit about her um, and you saw from her goal great movement in the box and she's already building those partnerships with Lauren James I mean they were just like magicians up there the two of them just bouncing off of each other considering they've only been you know that was their first 
proper game together they you could see the connections growing there but yeah a really a real talent she is yeah can you imagine how that's going to go later on in the season (laughs) amazing uh no points for spurs but you said earlier you were really pleased with the performance actually they they really look like quite a different side and i wonder how much of that was down to new signing martha thomas yeah i think you know the whole summer is there's been massive changes across the whole club on the men's side and the women's side and i think what robert's brought in is he's he's made it clear that he wants his team to have an identity to play on the front foot that was really difficult last year because they found themselves struggling for half the season so you you can't really play like that but he's created an environment there where the players i think they feel free he wants them to be brave on the ball and he wants them to to play on the front foot and i think we saw the foundations of that yesterday it looked like a completely different side that some of the new players are slotted straight back in and I think what's different as well is the players that come off of the bench yesterday all they all made an impact so we now have that I say we Tottenham now have that welcome <laughs> you know that, we all know you're depth, a Spurs you know? fan Jenna it's fine <laughs> it's out it's, 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 it's no longer a secret is it <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's ever been a secret <laughs> um, but yeah they have that depth now and you know even at 2-0 down they got the goal back. Martha Thomas was fantastic up, up top, got that debut goal. But Tottenham created 13 chances in on goal. And that, I think the, the stat after the game was that's the most chances that uh, Chelsea have conceded since 2013. Wow. So that's huge for Tottenham. I think obviously Chelsea, I think they, they notoriously start off a bit slow. But for Tottenham, what a foundation to build on now. And they'll be disappointed actually to come away with, with nothing from that game. So looking at it from a, it's always really difficult, isn't it? We did our preview show last week and, you know, predictions after the first yeah. match round, it, it is tough. But can you see Spurs fighting for WSL's survival again after that performance? And do you think Chelsea's performance is perhaps any indication that the title race could be more open? I think, in ter- you know, it's the opening game, you can't call anything. But I think after that performance from Tottenham, I feel... A lot more positive about it and I, I can't see a, play, a a team like that with the quality that they have in it fighting for survival again I think they learned a lot over the summer a lot of a lot's been learned and it, it was all really positive um yesterday especially coming up against you know the champions so for me I can't see them being in that survival but everyone strengthened around them so I think the, the key test will be when they start to play against your Villas and you know your Leicesters who are in and around it with you and for Chelsea you can't write them off this early in the season. I think there might be a bit of a hangover from obviously they've had a lot more players out at the World Cup, international duty and got some new players there that they're blending in. But I think they have enough. I think the players that Chelsea have brought in have only strengthened their side again. But I think, yeah, they're just a bit slow to get going. I mean, Villa are being touted to break into potentially Mm -hmm. the top four, maybe even the top three. Big opening game for them, arguably the most exciting game of the weekend, actually, um, uh, against Manchester United. It was the early kickoff at Villa Park. I mean, both sides recorded their highest ever league finish last season and went into the game determined to keep their standards high again. First opportunity as well to see how Manchester United could cope without Alessia Russo and what Aston Villa's new number one, Daphne van Domsela, would bring to Carl Awards side. It ended up edging it. United coming from behind to win 2-1 after Daly had put uh, uh, Villa up front and um, in front, sorry, I should say. And TalkSport's Adrian Clark spoke to Villa manager Carl Award after the game. So then, Carlo, is there a sense of injustice at the way you ended up 
losing that game. <laughs> you said it. Um, yeah, look, I think the fact that everyone's talking about the, the massive calls that have gone against us, of course. And, but look, I've got immense pride for the players tonight. They were sensational, despite everything going against us today that could have gone against us. Um, we've dug deep, we've stuck together, and that shows a lot of character. And I'm proud of the players tonight. What was your take then on, on the key incidents? First of all, the red card. Which one? Oh, sorry, the red card actually was a red card. Um, yeah, I need to see it back, but from first thoughts, no, I don't believe it's a red card. Yeah. There were strong claims for a penalty inside the box as well with a handball. I mean, there was probably two claims for two penalties. There's for me, there's a definite red card on Myers' body check on Ebony Salmon. There's, listen, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot, but it's, it's almost like watching the Tottenham Liverpool game back in it from last night. <laughs> I think that's the reality. They can't get it right with VAR, so what hope have we got? Was it part of the game plan to, to play on the counter or was it a fact that Manchester United pinned you in with their pressing in that first half? Listen, Manchester United are a top, top side. They really are. They finished second for a reason and they, they, I thought today was a really good game of football. I think all the drama, we waited to the last 15 minutes but um, in terms of goals. But look, I thought it was a really good game of football against a top side and, and I think we showed we competed with them. You know, They'll go on and, and compete for the title. They really will. So the fact that we've... Um, the fact that we've matched them for large spells today is a credit to our players and, and the staff. And, yeah, we've got to pick ourselves up and um, get ready to go again. Yeah, Leon came off the bench and, and created the goal for, for Rachel Daly. She, she was pretty bright, wasn't she? And that, and that was a lovely moment, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%, you know, against her former club. I think she had an extra bit between the two, but I thought she was excellent. But listen, I thought everyone was excellent today. Um, I really do. I thought everyone was superb. And, um, yeah, I'm delighted. I'm, I'm proud of the players tonight. So delighted with the performance, but obviously not happy with some of the refereeing decisions, Carla Ward. Uh, she said she was bored of talking about how WSL officials need to be made full-time to increase their quality. And as you heard there, it came after Maya Letizia body-checked Ebony Salmon on the edge of the box. No foul uh, called in the end. Meanwhile, in the Chelsea game, Chelsea ended up scoring their two goals, but before Lauren James put the second in the back of the net, replay showed that Guru Wrighton had already got the ball over the line. I mean, it wouldn't have counted as there's no VAR in the WSL. The result uh, could have been very different. But, but what did you make, first of all, of the standard of, of refereeing on the opening day? I think there were some key decisions that, that were missed. But I think the referees are, are working with what they've got. I think, you know, as the game is growing each season, I think the level of refereeing needs to grow at the same speed. And that's not happening. They're not getting that support. Um, but there's some clear cut decisions that, that that weren't called and you know at this level of the game it does come down to people losing their jobs ultimately I think you know if the the goal the Chelsea goal they're lucky that they actually scored it in the second phase yeah. because that, if they hadn't that would have been probably finished 1-1 and Chelsea dropped two, two points on the opening day and what repercussions does that have on the last day of the season so I think the more pressure that's getting put on managers and players as the game grows, I think the level of refereeing has to has to improve, and their support needs to be be looked at as well. Well, it's something that I've spoken to the head of um, women's officiating at PGMOL, Bibby Steinhouse Webb, on a number of occasions, and they're doing so much work behind the scenes mm. to to get people up to speed. But you know, there they have to be more full-time referees they yeah. acknowledge that um as well as the as the professionalism of the women's game grows um not a comfortable win for manchester united in the slightest but they did get the job done in the end uh, somehow uh, how optimistic are you about their chances this season they've got a lot of quality i think obviously they've lost two key players in in russo and an owner um but the players they've brought in are experienced uh, winners 
proven winners. I thought Jace was fantastic for them. Uh, first half, she was she run the show for them. Um, but yeah, I think they look they look strong. Um, I thought the first half it was all just a bit flat, but I think that's what you you can come to expect from these these teams that do have so many international players. It's almost like they all were a bit hungover from the a summer. Lot, a lot of wasted opportunities, weren't there, for yeah. both sides actually yeah. in, in the end. And they've lost Russo, but new signing uh, Giza was was absolutely fantastic. Unlucky maybe to not get a goal in the end. What did you make of her debut? Yeah, I thought she was brilliant. I thought she caused so many problems down the right hand side when she's got the ball at her feet and she's driving one v one. Nobody could stop her. She She's quite unpredictable. She's got that flair about her, that Brazilian style of play. And again, she'd built really good connections down the right-hand side with um, Garcia. They worked really well together and they were a pain in Aston Villa's side that first half. Um, and then Garcia, I thought, second half was was outstanding for Manchester United. She obviously got the, the opening goal for them. Um, but yeah, lots of positives from them. Uh, but you can't help but feel for, for Villa. I think they're they'll come away from that really frustrated because the minute Hansen did go off and the way they reacted to, to go 1-0 up was fantastic and then obviously Garcia scores at the other end and it was one-way traffic after that but mm. ultimately that red card decision did did change the game. Yep, certainly did. Um, Arsenal nil, Liverpool won after losing out in the group stages of the Champions League. Arsenal determined to turn things around at the Emirates. Not to be, though. 54,115 people watched the Gunners take on Liverpool. A new record crowd, by the way, for a WSL match. Let's hear how it sounded, shall we? Talk Sports Joe Shannon was watching. It has finished. Arsenal nil, Liverpool won. A massive shock on the opening weekend of the Women's Super League season and a famous win for Liverpool. They're first in the league over Arsenal for seven years. And after heading out of the Champions League in the qualifying stages, it is the worst possible start to the domestic campaign for Arsenal as they look to end a run of four years without winning the WSL title. As previous seasons have proven, dropping any points over the course of the campaign can become so crucial in the race to win the league. Miri Taylor's goal early in the second half has proven enough for Liverpool. They outthought Jonas Edeval's team, who struggled to create, particularly in the second half. Caitlin Ford hit the bar with a looping header, but Liverpool defensively were rarely troubled. They then saw out 10 minutes of second half stoppage time, and they thoroughly deserve a victory, which underlines their increased ambitions for this season. For the Arsenal fans in a WSL record crowd of over 54,000 desperate frustration after a start to the season that nobody would have expected before this game. It has finished here Arsenal nil, Liverpool 1. Second consecutive season, Liverpool have come out in their first game and beaten one of the league favourites. They beat Chelsea last season, of course, 2-1 in that opening game. Not to mention in their golden era, Liverpool actually won back-to-back WSL titles in 2013 and 2014, don't forget. Here's Liverpool boss Matt Beard's reaction. He spoke to TalkSport after the game. Yeah, listen, we just take it game by game. We've had a tough week this week. We've had five COVID cases. You know, the team's changed a couple of times. Our two midfield players playing up front in the first half. Um, so I think with everything that's happened over the course of this week, we deserve an enormous amount of credit. Our ambition is to try and break into that top five. We feel we've recruited well. Um, and I think that shows today because we only had, you know, five players on the bench. So from that perspective, we're really, really pleased. 
that's quite remarkable when you think about it. You know, that's not the kind of preparation that you want going into an opening day uh, game against Arsenal in a packed uh, Emirates stadium. But blimey, that was fantastic, wasn't it? Let's hear uh, from the other side of the camp, shall we? Three points for Liverpool, but another bad day at the office for Arsenal. Uh, Talk Sports Joe Shannon asked manager Jonas Eidevall what why it wasn't clicking up top for his side. I think it's very much in two halves. Uh, with the first half, I'm, I'm quite pleased with the control that we have. Uh, but I think we need to do more of the situations that we create on the final third. Uh, we don't quite have the final pass or, or, the, or the finishing there um, to really capitalise in, in those moments. Then second half becomes a very much different story. We concede the goal early. Uh, which I'm obviously not happy with. And, and after that, we have a really hard time getting a rhythm into the game. Uh, the ball is out of play a lot. Uh, we don't manage to keep the ball in play enough and to create situations after situations. So we don't um, generate the momentum needed to turn the game around. And, and that part I'm disappointed with. And, and we need to do that better, especially playing at home in front of 54,000 people. It was a huge shock, wasn't it? And, uh, you know, early days still, Matt Beard said in, in, in his post-match comments that they want to break into the top five. Is that realistic? I think so. If they play, keep carry on playing like that, the way they have, especially given those circumstances that he spoke about during the week, they've got key players out of that squad that have beaten Arsenal 1-0. So, yeah, it's looking positive for them. But I think the biggest challenge will be <laughs> the teams around them also gunning for that fifth spot. I think the the the, the group of teams in the middle have strengthened so much that mm. I think that's going to be a really interesting battle as well. But I think you've got to give credit to Matt Beard and his game plan. He got it spot on yesterday. Yeah, he really did. And I tell you what, we were quite excited about Arsenal's transfer window in particular and how yeah. they had strengthened themselves. But, you know, they seem to be really lacking in creativity, obviously out of the Champions League now as well. And we mm. thought that would mean that they would be able to focus on um, the, the WSL. It's, it's really early days. So I hate asking a question like this, but should Arsenal fans be a little bit worried? I I think given the squad, I don't I don't think so. But if anything, I think it'll be a massive kick up the, the bum for this Arsenal team because, you know, getting knocked out so early on, considering how hard they fought to get into the Champions League, is devastating. And then, you know, you've got 52,000, 54,000 fans at the Emirates behind you and to come away with a, with a loss on the opening day. But I think... Liverpool did really well at frustrating them. I think they nullified their strengths, which is playing centrally. Arsenal couldn't go centrally through them, so they had to go out wide. And anything that they delivered, Arsenal, into their box was dealt with by the centre-backs. Bono, I thought it was fantastic. Mm. Rachel Laws was unbelievable all day, Come, pulled off some remarkable saves. And that was the pattern of the game. They couldn't go centrally. They couldn't find a way to break them through. Liverpool had so many bodies behind the ball. I think there was a corner. They had probably every player on the line in the six-yard box one player up top so there was just no way to break them down and Arsenal couldn't couldn't do it and when um, Liverpool come out firing in the second half got the goal they managed the game so so well and re- I get, it was just a really frustrating afternoon for Arsenal but I think they're going to come up against that a lot and they'll have to find a way to break teams like Liverpool down I'm wondering whether some of the um, uh, 
teams that finished lower down the league last season actually have a bit of an advantage over the teams that have a lot of international players in their in their yeah. ranks because you know they're tired these players it's yeah. not that long since the World Cup ended and I wonder in the early stages of the WSL whether we'll see more shocks because of that potentially uh, big game for them to have to bounce back as well Arsenal because they face Manchester United next uh, tough one I mean you're wincing so uh, <laughs> you're not entirely convinced they can turn it around well, I think for Manchester United, given Arsenal's early two defeats, it's it's the perfect time to play against them. Um, on the other hand, it could they could come out firing and looking to put things right. But I think that's going to be a great match. It's going to be a great match so early on in the season for sure. Elsewhere, there were wins for Manchester City, Brighton and Leicester away from home. We'll dig into all those games, hear from former England and Arsenal striker Jodie Taylor on her retirement and bring you a TalkSport exclusive investigation into ACL injuries. This is TalkSport's Women's Football Show. West Ham nil, Manchester City 2. It finished after missing out on a top three finish last season. Manchester City determined to get their season off to a good start and they certainly did. They faced a West Ham side now under the management of Rianne Skinner. His TalkSport Sports Ian Danter on both of City's goals. There have been two goals. West Ham United nil, Manchester City two. Not only that, but we've had a missed penalty since you were last with us. Ten minutes gone in the second half. City hit the front three minutes after the restart. Lauren Hemp with a lovely left-footed curling shot after patient build-up on both sides of the field from Gareth Taylor's side. Then they won a penalty after there was a handball by Shannon Cook, the West Ham defender inside the box. Up stepped Chloe Kelly, but she brought a brilliant save out of Mackenzie Arnold, the West Ham keeper and captain, to keep it at 1-0. But just now, it's come 2-0, and it's Jewel Roard on her debut. The Dutch international signed in the window. Lovely crisp finish into the bottom corner. And so City's class starting to tell here at the Chigwell Construction Stadium. Ten gone in the second half. It's West Ham nil, Manchester City 2. I have to say, I absolutely loved listening to the Sunday session with Sam Matterface, Perry Groves and Alex Crook yesterday with all the WSL uh, goals flying in, reporters at every match. It was very exciting. Perfect start for Manchester City as well. The only team to keep a clean sheet on the first day alongside Liverpool. Have they flown under the radar, maybe? I think slightly, just given that they've only had the one signing of Jewel Rod. I think all the other teams around them have strengthened with a number of signings. So, yeah, I think they're, they're probably the pressure probably is off them a little bit given just the one sign-in. But I think last season was the, the year for them, wasn't it? All that transition, that losing the key players, probably five starters out of their team. Um, and they've started well. They didn't do that last year. They struggled early on in the season. And we saw later on in the season last year, they put a good run together. So I think maybe it suits them going under the radar. They only have the domestic league to concentrate on and cups and They've got some real quality in that team. Um, obviously, Bunny Shaw wasn't wasn't part of the team yesterday, but they've still done done a, a, a confident and a good job on West Ham. So, yeah, I think they'll be feeling confident about the season ahead. And what did you make of West Ham? I thought the first half they were good. They they were hard to break down. Um, Man City just come out of the second half. They just went up a few gears. I felt Man City were maybe going through the motions in the first half. Uh, Mackenzie Arnold pulled pulled off a great save, uh, penalty save. But um, I think West Ham may may struggle a bit this 
this season just given on that display but um, Man City were excellent in the second half Yeah, Manchester City's only summer signing Jill Raw did make an impression on the WSL uh, that second goal of the game if you listen to our podcast we'll bring you uh, an interview that Talk Sports Bradley Hayden did with the Dutch International before the opening match uh, talking about what it was like for her uh, being back in the WSL so make sure you check out that uh, Elsewhere New Kids on the Block Bristol City got their WSL campaign underway as they took on less Leicester City. Leicester, of course, narrowly avoiding relegation last season after managing just five wins uh, the whole campaign. Both of these sides likely to be heavily involved in the relegation battle this season. Sorry if you're fans of both of those sides, but we have to be realistic sometimes. And we're often wrong, it's fair to say. Uh, It was going to be a hard-fought match. Talk Sports' Lawrence Mora watched it. Bristol City 2, Leicester 4 and a Three goal blitz in under 10 minutes, either side of half time, did for the home team on their return to the WSL. It did all get off to a perfect start, though. They had summer signing from Manchester United, Carrie Jones, who was on loan at Leicester last season, uh, putting them in front on 33 minutes. Really nice finish into the far corner, lofting over the goalkeeper. Uh, but as half time approached, it was Amy Palmer with a stunning long range drive who equalised for the Foxes. And she swapped the Robins for the Foxes in the summer, and her celebration suggested that. That debut goal for her meant an awful lot. After the break, two quick goals by Shannon O'Brien and a powerful header by Leicester's impressive German international striker Lena Petterman put the Foxes in full charge. A fourth arrived late on with sub Jutta Rantala, but moments later the home side had a small lifeline. Mary Ward was upended in the box. A debut goal from the penalty spot for the Danish striker Amir Thestrup. So WS new, WSL newbies Bristol City get off to a losing start in front of a 4,000 crowd here and Leicester well they look pretty decent this afternoon so maybe a much higher finish for Willie Quirk's team this season all over at Ashton Gate Bristol City 2 Leicester 4 yeah disappointment for Bristol City perhaps a game they could have won especially after being 1-0 up Jenna did you see anything in the game that made you think that they can avoid relegation I mean they're everyone's favourites aren't they yeah I mean it's so difficult being the new team in in the WSL but I thought they started really brightly and it almost looked like they got off to the perfect start going 1-0 up but I thought as the game went on Leicester grew in and they start started to dominate and t- turn the game around but it, it's so, it's really really tough to, to try and keep a hold in this league I think as you mentioned I think when you're playing against teams like Leicester who were in the in the relegation battle last season those are the teams where you need to be picking up your points I mean they're, they're the you look at the you pinpoint those games at the beginning of the season you've got to pick up three points against them so it's a big blow for them early on ideally you want to be walking away with that with three points so I think it's going to be tough um and given that teams like Leicester Brighton Tottenham have strengthened over the summer just to try and you know uh, push up the league it's going to be even harder for them yeah what do, what do you make of Leicester uh, going into uh, this season is, is their goal just to survive again or is it or is it to do more I feel like Willie Kirk's got ambition yeah I think nobody would want to go through what they went through last season I mean they were near enough down weren't they at Christmas time and I think towards the the, the end of the season we started to see a much improved Leicester team so they want to build on that they've recruited well during the summer they've strengthened 
they've strengthened the team, brought some experience in. So I think I think they'll be looking to to, to climb the ladder. I don't think they'll want to be involved in that that relegation battle at all. No, Brighton won't want to either. Another one of last season's relegation contenders. They played Everton in the opening game and won it two one away from home. They finished eleventh last season. Now under the leadership of Melissa Phillips, who's been able to implement mm-hmm. her style, bring in her own players, etc. Everton, strangely, because they're such a strange team. Everton, I just can't work them out at all. Fairly comfortable last season, achieved a sixth place finish, but they've lost Gabby George to Manchester United. There's been whispers that there could be trouble behind, the, you know, the scenes. They haven't really um, uh, brought in many players this season. Um, Brighton took the early lead. Elizabeth Turlin heading home in the third minute after Katie Robinson's shot struck the crossbar, uh, added a second. Uh, Turlin uh, about eleven minutes later. Everton captain Megan Finnegan on the score sheet as well 25 minutes left to go giving Everton a bit of a, a bit of hope but they were unable to find an equaliser despite dominating the second half I think we you know we were all worried for Everton's defensive capabilities after they lost Gabby George Jenner is it a sign of what's to come for them this season I think so and I think it's the, the way they play they they like to play a possession-based game and they like to play out from the back but the trouble came from both their goals yesterday that they conceded where they were trying to play out and obviously that's quite a risky way to play and they got caught out a number of times trying to play out from the back um, so I think Sorison's adamant that he wants to play like that and that uh, it's a risky way to play for a team that could potentially get dragged down mm. um, but yeah I, I understand what you mean they're a, they're a strange old team um, but I, I, I think I do worry for them just given Brighton come out the box flyer Talk. Flying. 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 Flying and firing. <laughs> Fly, firing out of the blocks. Ooh, and you've made up a, a new <laughs> word. I love it. I love it. Um, for, for, for Brighton, though, with their new coach, Melissa Phillips, signings like German international uh, Pauline Bremer, uh, I, th- I feel as if they're going to have a better season. I mean, I tipped Everton to go down um, this yeah. season. Sorry, Everton fans. But, but what about Brighton this season? Brighton, I think, had a really good window. I think they've brought in a lot of experienced players. I think players like Bremer and uh, Lasado obviously have been a bit injury prone in last season, but I think if they can keep them fit, they'll be massive to to Brighton this season. And I think that towards the end of last season, we sh- we saw what Melissa Phillips, how she wanted her team to set up. And they were so much more improved in a really short time that she was in there. So she's had all summer to work. She's brought in some really good players, some clever signings, I thought. Mm. Um, that have definitely strengthened. So I, I think they'll finish top half of the table this season. I don't think, I can't see them getting dragged into the relegation battle. Mm, early days, but who's going to join them in the WSL next season in the championship? Blackburn go a point clear at the top after a 2 0 win over Lewis, who are bottom. Sunderland move into second after a 2 1 win over Watford, while Southampton slipped to third after a 3 1 defeat at home to Birmingham, who got their first win on the board, as did Reading, beating Durham 2 0. Uh, elsewhere, Charlton beat London City. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Someone who certainly made an impact on her debut was Manchester City's Jill Rawd. She scored City's second goal to secure their win over West Ham and it looks like she's got a hell of a lot to offer this season. Talk Sports' Bradley Hayden spoke to the Dutch international before the opening match and asked her how she's feeling being back in the WSL. Very happy to be here and to be at City. Um, yeah, I've been only in a few weeks but it feels uh, very nice to be here. I'm super excited and yeah, I'm excited for the league to start. How did the move all come about then? Um, well, there was interest and um, then there were chats and I think uh, I've always liked the way City plays. I think that that's how I play. I think it fits my style and um, yeah, I think like I can develop here again and um, that's what I hope also. And as I said before, I think the English league is the best league at the moment. So also that is it's interesting for me to, to play here and... Um, yeah, I'm super excited to be here. How are you finding life in Manchester? <laughs> and how does it compare to some of the other cities like London and Munich? It's actually and super nice. I'm actually really enjoying it. For the, other, the thing is, well, Wolfsburg was not much to do. Uh, obviously, London is amazing, but I didn't live in London because that's impossible. Um, so I was not really in the city. And, and Munich, same. I was not really in the city. Now I'm in the city and it's, it's really nice. There's so much to do. Uh, so I'm really enjoying it. What's on your list of things to do in Manchester? Then? Oh, I mean, I'm someone I like to go to the restaurants and brunch places and stuff like that. So the girls, they still have to tell me where I should go. But like, I'll, I'll be looking for many restaurants. And you were saying you feel like the WSL is the best league in the world. What is it about the WSL that really makes you feel that way? I think um, it's the most competitive league. I think there are many teams fighting for uh, the championship um, and I think yeah, there are so many good players in this league and I think every year it, it's more difficult for players to actually <laughs> play at clubs and, and um, get signed by clubs. I feel like everybody wants to be here and play here right now and that makes it, makes it the best league. Don't forget, TalkSport will bring you all the updates from the second round of WSL games next week.
Now, last week, former Arsenal and England striker Jodie Taylor announced her retirement from football at the age of 37. She's had a fantastic career, hasn't she? 19 goals she scored in 51 appearances for the Lionesses and she won that golden boot at the European Championships back in 2017. After moving to Arsenal for the second half of last season, she's now decided to hang up her boots and talk sports. Bradley Hayden sat down with her to find out what could be in store next. Last couple of years, really, um, I've, I've been thinking about, right, I know I need to start thinking about retirement. Um, it was important for me to end my career feeling fit, healthy, and, and just the health and wellness aspect um, is important to me. And I know I've had a lot of injuries through my career and um, I didn't want to end on a career or n- niggles and my body breaking down. And um, yeah, that, that that was a big factor. I think just feeling ready as well, feel, feeling ready. I, I'm I think it's always going to be difficult for me to to step away from playing and know and, and feeling at peace with when the, the right time is. And yeah, it's, it's being healthy in my body and also it being my choice. And I think that's probably the the biggest um, thing for me is knowing I'm stepping away from the game on my terms and, and the game not dictating that to me. And, you know, I think it's um, it's it's kind of a privilege to, to be able to walk away from the game on these terms and I don't think everyone gets to end their careers um, on, on the on the terms and it being their choice so I'm, I'm at peace with it um, albeit I know I'm going to miss playing um, and I'm let, letting go of playing um, but yeah I'm at peace with it I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Yeah, that's great to hear because, as you say, a lot of a lot of players these days unfortunately don't get that get that decision taken out of their hands, whether it be for injury or other factors. But for yourself, when you look back over such an illustrious career that that you've had in the game, what what moments really stand out for you right now? There's a number of um, of you know big moments, pivotal moments, I'd say in my career that shaped the way it went. Um, I think leaving at 18 to go to college in America I think that was a pivotal moment uh, in my development and uh, my growth I suppose as a person as well Um, stopping playing after college and taking a coaching job for a year that I think that time away from the game really made me realize how much I I miss it and and it gave me that fire um, to be on this quest to to get back to the national team Um, and then First cap for England has to be my proudest moment of my career. It took me till I was 28. I was 28 when I got my first cap for England and it was a, a lot of hard work and persistence and um, trying to have belief um, through those like four years, I'd say, of this quest of, of making it to the national team and it, and it paid off. Um, winning the Champions League with Lyon was a was a brilliant moment. Winning the FA Cup with Birmingham back in 2012. These are all, all huge moments. And I must say, end of my career with Arsenal and home soil is, is a nice way to top it off. And I'm, I'm really fortunate that I got the opportunity to do that. And in terms of you've played with some wonderful players in your career, who's been your favourite? Who's Who's been the best player you've played with in your career, would you say? That is hard. You put me on the spot. There's too many players. Um, I played with incredible, but I've been so fortunate with the and the number of teams I played for, probably played with most most professional female players out there. If I had to pick one, I would, you know, who stands out for me is Wendy Renard, a French captain, uh, defender, just because of her leadership. I mean, there's so many talented players that you could list off at everyone, you know, all the lionesses, I could list off anyone in every country, but her leadership, um, her demeanor, her professionalism, she she was re- she was great. She was really great to to be on a team with and and to to be the leader of of Leon. Yeah, she's definitely up there. 
one of the best defenders that we've seen in the game, would you say? She is one of the best defenders, scores a lot of goals as well from set pieces, the size of her, she's really good in the air. So both sides, yeah, on, on both sides, she's stopping goals, she's scoring goals and, and just a great leader in person, very humble. That's what I like about her. And lastly, from me as well, um, really interesting thoughts there. Um, what's next for, for Jodie Taylor then? Because um, we're, we're obviously, it's a shame to see her retire because we've loved all the memories that you've created down the years. But but what's next for, 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 for yourself? Could we maybe see you in the dugout maybe one day? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, you know, I for the last, the last like four or five years, I've really started to think about what's next. I think, to be honest, throughout my career, because it wasn't professional, I've always had to worry about what's next and couldn't really rely on football. So um, I studied in the US, got a double degree there in psychology and sociology. Um, and then in the last five years or so, I started my coaching license. And so I just completed my UEFA A license earlier this year, which was great. It was a challenge to do while playing, not going to lie. And moving around as well, but um, yeah, managed to to get there with that. And I'm currently um studying, I'm doing a master's in sports directorship, which is really interesting to me as well. Um, so yeah, I know I want to be in the game. I love it so much, and I'm so passionate about it. Um, whether it's coaching, whether it's an executive role, uh, we shall see. But one thing's for sure is that I am certainly staying in the game. Congratulations to Jodie Taylor on her long career. Hopefully we'll get her with us in the studio at some point throughout the season. Uh, she was actually one of the many female footballers to suffer an ACL injury. I think hers was back in 2016. And that injury came... And that injury became particularly prevalent in the WSL last season with a number of players seeing their seasons end prematurely. Uh, Scotland's Caroline Weir became the latest player to suffer an ACL injury in their Nations League match against Belgium just days after her Scotland teammate Emma Watson suffered the same. And as the WSL returns, there's growing pressure on clubs and authorities to protect female players from sustaining such devastating injuries. TalkSport's Charlotte Fisher has been looking into why ACL injuries are so prevalent in the women's game. The WSL returned at the weekend, but again, the women's game has been plagued with ACL injuries, something that can impact players for around a year to 18 months. Emma Watson from Man United and Caroline Weir from Real Madrid both ruptured their ACLs while on international duty for Scotland last week. Beth Mead, Leah Williamson and Vivian Miedemar have all been affected this year too. So why is it happening? Well, I've spoken to the WSL and Premier League's top knee surgeon, Dr Andy Williams, who's treated Liverpool's Virgil van Dijk and England's Chloe Kelly, to name just a few. He told me it's not just down to the female anatomy. There's probably a tendency for the female athletes to be less well-conditioned. And unfortunately, that's a reflection of disparity between what women get and men get and they're frequently treated as second-class citizens and so i've noticed that the young boys who have talent are often picked up at the age of seven and from that moment on they get better training they get better strength and conditioning they play on better pitches. Ex-Villa and current Birmingham City midfielder Remy Allen is also on his patient list. She's done her ACL twice and agrees there's a lack of investment below the top clubs. In the time that I've been a professional footballer, what is asked of us physically now is insane. Are we matching up our medical departments to what we're actually asking of the players? And I don't think across the women's game we are. So what's the answer? More investment, especially at grassroots and the lower league clubs. But I got a response from the FA. They told me young girls are supported through pro game academies where medical teams are improving. 
More to come on that from Charlotte throughout the season, no doubt. That is all for today, though. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget you can listen back to the full women's football show via the TalkSport app. This week we were on on a Monday at 7pm, so just swipe right for TalkSport 2, find Monday, and you can listen in full there. Don't forget we also have reporters at every single WSL match and we'll keep you updated with all the action as it happens. We'll be back next Monday where we'll round up the second round of WSL games.